0: On today's edition of the Locked On Nets podcast, it is part three of our NBA awards series. We go through Defensive Player of the Year and the All-NBA teams. All that and more coming up on Locked On Nets. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, um, we've got one more award before the All-NBA team's Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, along with coach of the year i think uh very hard to kind of parse especially with this one because there's not a ton of like publicly available stats i think a lot of it comes down to uh the eye test and also just kind of like a guy's reputation where um the people who are watching certain players every night can kind of see the tendencies more and more like josh i think you and i have picked up on like certain nets and like their defensive tendencies, Gavin, I'm sure it's the same with you and Nick's players. Um, uh-huh. with this, I, I think that, um, there were three guys who I think are kind of head and shoulders in terms of their defensibility, their intensity throughout the season and consistency, and like bring it every night. Um, so my ballot, I had first, I had Giannis, second, Anthony Davis, and third, Rudy Gobert, um, who is a little bit like fraught to bring up now. I don't know if this will, this coronavirus thing will like impact, if people vote for him for for these types of awards, I have no clue on that. I don't think it should, obviously, but um, he had a tremendous season, the two-time reigning defensive player of the year. Um, I don't think he quite was at that same level this season, so that's why I had him third on the list. Giannis, we talked about him. I think just his versatility, he's the only one of these guys that isn't like a, a traditional big man, uh, not that Nathan Davis is, but he, he's definitely closer than Giannis. I just think that his ability to defend on the perimeter – coupled with his interior defense is what gave him the edge for me. And then AD, part of having him second was just that I didn't really like that they were, like, campaigning for him before the season. But also, um, I don't know, in the, in that Nets-Laker game, I felt like when he was the center, it was pretty easy for Spencer Dinwiddie to get to the basket. Like, I don't think he's quite at Giannis's level, and, and frankly, I don't even think he's quite at Gobert's level. I just think that Gobert wasn't fully engaged this season, which is why I put him third after Giannis and Anthony Davis. Josh, what did you have? Yeah,
1: I had Giannis, number one, agreement with you. I uh, went with AD, number two, and then Simmons, number three. Um, just because, I don't know, I wanted to spice it up a little. And I think yeah. some of the like game-saving defensive plays he made, like, it, was he the best on a night-to-night basis? No. I think Gobert probably had a bigger impact. But he's kind of like, in football, like that corner that can go out and make big plays and, like, When he gets an interception, he'll return it for a touchdown. I think that has a ton of value. Uh, So I went with Simmons number number three. And then a couple of guys that has honorable mentions, obviously, Gobert. He could have definitely been in the mix uh, at number two or three for me. Bam. And then Jonathan Isaac, I think, would have been in the conversation if his season didn't get cut short.
0: I love the second Jonathan Isaac reference. I love Jonathan Isaac. Me too. I'm excited for him next year. Uh, Gavin, what do you think about all this?
2: Yeah, uh, actually, I'm— Pretty similar to you guys. I actually have 80 winning though, uh, despite Marcus's vitriol towards him. <laughs> and uh, it, it's 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 kind of tough because the Bucks have like a historically great defense when when you take it in in the context of, of this NBA season and how high scoring is. Like you, you look at the marks, like nobody else is below, like the Raptors are at 104.9 points allowed per 100 possessions, and then obviously everyone else uh, quite a bit below that. Uh, and the Bucks are all the way up at 101.6 points allowed per 100 possessions so they've just been stunningly good defensively and Giannis as a free safety deserves so much credit for that but the fact of the matter is they just have strong defenders up and down the roster and I, I think having both low pie this year has made such a difference to them being consistent for 48 minutes and constantly having really high level rim protection on the court. So not to say Giannis hasn't been amazing. He's a clear second for me. I don't have any uh, distaste with him being first, but I, I think I think the Lakers having the third best defense in the league is, is pretty amazing. And, and I get that Dwight Howard's had a resurgent year. JaVale McGee's like not bad as a rim protector by any means. And, and just the way they play big across the board really makes a difference. But you, you look like across the roster and the guys they play, like it's not like a bunch of like super high level defensive dudes like i I would describe davis as the only like elite defender uh, on their team obviously guys like dwight and danny green certainly qualified earlier in their career but um yeah bradley too yeah sure um yeah, I don't know. And now, now, now that I'm going through it, they have they have better defenders. Than I thought. So I'll, I'll switch it to Giannis. But yeah, so Giannis first. Oh wow! And yeah, I was, I was going through everyone. I'm like what? these guys like are all actually like pretty good defense. Like even even someone like Alex Caruso is decent. But I was just like in my mind they were all old and washed up. But they're they're actually pretty good. All right, so Giannis first, clearly. I I never swayed from that. Uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, second. And then Josh convinced me because I think Rudy, I I totally buy his argument. Like I had Rudy Gobert at third and I, I think he is the third best defender in the league. And I think what he does year after year after year gets underrated. And like, frankly, like sort of the same thing. Like we're probably in a vacuum. Like you would take him over Anthony Davis and him. Giannis and Kawhi would sort of be a toss up on at least during the regular season, like the best night to night defender. But I'm just kind of, uh, it's not even the Corona thing. Like, I'm just kind of bored of talking about him. Like, he's in no shots at our boss, David Locke, but he's in Utah. Like, they've been a little bit disappointing this year. I I, frankly, I have not watched a lot of jazz basketball this season. And and Ben Simmons, like, flashes in these incredible ways defensively and just has those possessions where he just absolutely smothers someone. And and the sheer athleticism and lateral mobility at his size is is pretty stunning to me and, and kind of reminiscent of a young LeBron and a young Kawhi. And, and he's never he's never placed, I believe, like in this award before. And, and Joel Embiid, uh, rightfully so, when he's fully engaged, is, is the guy on that team who gets recognition. So I like the idea of giving him a third place. It, it feels a little bit more fun to me. And we, we need we need as much fun as we can get right now. So I'm going with uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, Should I there think, be an Offensive Player of the Year award? Sorry? Should there be an Offensive
2: Player of the Year award? Uh, I mean, I think it it. It usually is MVP for like a lot. I just think for so many voters, like, and, and now I'm, I'm pulling a Marcus and talking about what the normies do, <laughs> but, um, for so many voters, like, I just feel like they vote for MVP like that already. Like I, because I know right now, like I get pissed off that it exists. Like, I, obviously it's different because in the NFL, you only play on one side of the ball, but I, I think if any, I think it's insane that it exists in the NFL, not in the NBA, because in the NFL it really is just who the MVP is. Um, so maybe (laughs) again, I'm I'm making your argument, uh, to my detriment, but, uh, yeah, I just, I think too many people conflate that in MVP for, for there to be enough of a difference on a year to year basis.
0: I think this is one of the years though, where there could be a difference. Like I think LeBron might be offensive player of the year, but Giannis MVP.
1: I just okay. want Trey, I, Gavin, I know you love Trey Young. I just want him to have a shot at an award at some point.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he would, yeah, he would, uh, honestly, for, for Opoy, like, I think he would, you could make Opoi. a case for being top five for six <laughs> he's this being year. An Opoi. He's, he's been He's been one of the better Opoys this year. Just His <laughs> depoy candidacy is so, so bad that it weighs him down. Be and Joe sure uh, Opoy? Sorry. Role player Opoy? Role player Opoy. Sure, I like it. Um, and that, sure, I, think, I think that's a very natural transition into all NBA teams, Marcus.
0: Yeah, Gavin, thank you for uh, assisting with that transition. You're just like You're LeBron James.
2: You're welcome. Um, I used to be a host.
0: I, I could tell. Um, okay, All-NBA. This is where uh, we separate the good from the great, the meat from the potatoes, no. the, the vegan schnitzel from the uh, Middle Eastern vegan sandwich at Bite Cafe on 22nd Street, Um Okay, let's just start with first team, because I think that there will be the least debate there. Um, I'll just tell you guys my first team. Um, I have Luca, Harden, Giannis, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Um, I think that Giannis, LeBron, obviously, I feel like they're locks as the top two MVP candidates. I think we all had Luca and Harden in some order, 3-4 for MVP, although uh, Gavin had Kawhi, but with those two forward slots filled, I think that they're clearly the two best guards this season and then I put Davis at center um, which I'm assuming I can do there's no rules especially because we don't have an actual vote so this is kind of just for us um, I think he's been the best big man this season so uh, that that's my five and I, I think it's pretty clear-cut straightforward Josh what do you think
1: yeah I have that exactly Sam
0: yeah
2: Gavin same no I disagreed oh strongly none of that five no <laughs> No, I, I, I had four of the same five. Um, I, I had Kawhi in, instead of Luca, just because I think again defensively, infinitely better. And like the fact, I, you know, to this like very, at the very beginning of the podcast that. Um, Luca has not been great shooting the three ball this year while Kawhi has been not significantly more efficient offensively, but a bit. And I understand Luca's far better as a passer, but I think Kawhi's made up the gap there enough that his defense matters even in less games. And, and, and just the fact that like, I don't know, like I, I, sort of look at it. Like, I just think Kawhi's is just so clearly the, the better overall player. And I know that's how you're not necessarily how you're supposed to do these things, but better overall player on a better team. Um, and I, I think To Luca's detriment a little bit, and this is like a weird argument because like nominally like the Mavericks roster like isn't great, but I think it just it's it's sort of like to steal an old Bill Simmons ism. It's kind of constructed as a sports car, like specifically for him to drive, and it's it's with all the shooting around him and like the type of bigs they have. I I just feel like the roster is built so perfectly in his image, while Kawhi, you could just kind of plug in anywhere and he would be the same dude. Um, so I think it translates to a different right. team better, which I, I don't know if that should be part of the argument, but I, I'm making it part of my argument. So I, I have Kawhi Leonard in there.
1: Wait, so do you have Kawhi as a, a guard or how I, does no,
2: this I, work? I, Here's, here's my lineup. Uh, LeBron at, at point guard, okay. Hard, okay. Harden at the two, where LeBron has played most of his minutes at point guard this year. Okay, uh, Kawhi, fine. Kawhi at the three. I actually have 80 at the four, and I think Giannis has played more center than AD this okay, year.
1: Okay, so whatever, okay, semantics,
2: It's <laughs> fine. You know, do, you, do you get it, Josh? Because uh, Giannis, most people don't consider a big man, but he plays a lot of center. Hard, and a- might did. have been a mistake. A at podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, just to, to, I guess, back up Gavin's point, Giannis averaging 13.7 rebounds in 31 minutes this season. Um, we kind of talked about uh, really all six of these guys a lot this podcast, but Kawhi's numbers, I don't think we've actually said them are incredible. 27 points, seven rebounds, five assists, 37% from three, 47 from the field, 89% from the line. Really the only knock against him is those 13 missed games and the fact that the Clippers have kind of taken their foot off the gas pedal at times and are not kind of reaching those win levels that a team like the the Lakers or the Bucks are. And, and I considered LeBron a forward for this, which is why I had Kawhi bumped onto the second team. That's really the only reason, Josh, I'm assuming you would agree with that. Yes. Yeah. So so let's let's go into to second team. Um, I'm assuming Josh and I both have Kawhi. Gavin, I'm assuming you have Luca. And then yeah. the other spots, um, I think that the locks for me were Jokic as the center on this team and Damian Lillard as one of the guards. Um, Lillard averaging 29 and 8, 39% from 3, 46 from the field, 89 from the line. Uh, Jokic, after kind of a slow start, still at 20, 10, and 7, uh, 53% from the field, from the line. I think they've both been phenomenal. Lillard, uh, his team hasn't been good, but that's uh, in large part due to injuries. Um, And then the other two guys, the positions can kind of get a little wonky, but I had Chris Paul as my other guard on the second team. And then I slotted Jimmy Butler in as the forward here. Whoa. (laughs)
2: Whoa. Jimmy Butler,
0: Jimmy Butler, 20 points, Butler, 20 points, uh, six and a half rebounds, six assists. Um, This to me is different than how I look at MVP because here I kind of take what I'm expecting in the playoffs more into account, I guess, which I mean, there's no real rules for this. You kind of interpret it how you want. I just think that when it comes to playoff time, Butler is going to be the guy with the ball in his hands for the Heat who are going to be presumably a team in the second round. So like one of the top eight teams, he's going to be their number one option offensively. And when you pair that with his Uh, the kind of mantle that he takes on defensively and then also not reaching like LeBron numbers, but doing like a poor man's version, uh, contributing both assist wise, rebounding wise. He shot the ball terribly this season, which is like probably the biggest knock against him only 25% from three for the season. Um, There's definitely guys who um, have had better seasons than him. I just felt like for me, I kind of like to look back at this and, and, have the guys who I feel like should be there. I don't want a guy who had like a fluke year to kind of get in, if that makes sense. That's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, Josh, who who is your team? Let's start with
1: you. Yeah, very similar, very similar to you. So I had CP3 and Dame as my guards. Yep. And then my forwards, I of course had Kawhi, and yep. I also had Jason Tatum in there Ooh, because nice dude, I think he's he's had a really phenomenal season. Um, like, maybe he's not, like, on track for absolute superstardom, like some think. But as we talked about before, the Celtics did have uh, a big outflow of talent this offseason. Of course, Kyrie, Horford, also Aaron Baines. You bring in Kemba, who's going to be a big help, and a bunch of rookies. Kemba's missed 15 games. And for them to be 43-21, and 21, a big thing that's been keeping them... Uh, in that position has been Jason Tatum, you know, um, both offensively and also being a very good player defensively, maybe not being a lockdown guy, but a very big contributor on that end, shooting 40 percent from three on seven attempts a game this year. He's been just a phenomenal offensive player for them. And I think the work he's done, uh, maybe a bit of a weak second team nomination for him, but definitely deserves him getting on the list of these 15 guys.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement with Josh. I I have the same team. I assuming, Josh, you have Jokic at center. Yeah. Yeah, OK, I have the exact same team, except for obviously Luca and Kawhi uh, swapped. But uh, yeah, I don't think Celtic's fifth best record in the league. And that's with Kemba missing all this time of late. Like he's like at such a young age, him being the alpha dog for a team that good, like it's pretty impressive. And and I also like I'm, in all these conversations, I'm always sort of looking at ceiling and like how high you can go. And I, I value that a little bit more than consistency and and I guess Marcus in a sense that that's sort of me projecting for the playoffs in the same way you are and and just just the run Tatum went on where he was kind of the story in the NBA. For a week or two like that matters for me that's part of the reason I have Lillard at second team even though he's missed a lot of time and Portland hasn't been very good and statistically you can it's, it's kind of a loose case but you could sort of make a case for someone like a Russell Westbrook or even like a Bradley Beal in that spot like I, I just think Lillard was the story in the NBA when he was ripping off like multiple 60 point games in a row and, and had that crazy week where he kept scoring over 40 like I, I just think guys who dominated stretches of the season matter more to me than consistency throughout. So that was sort of my logic for Lillard. And and I think more divisively uh, having Tatum in there at the four.
0: Yeah, I, I think those are all fair points Um, to, to kind of drift into third team here. I do have Tatum as like a lock for third team. I think the reason I put Butler over him, cause that I was kind of back and forth on that was just because I've seen more from Butler in his career, which is probably not fair, but I think I want to see Tatum as the number one guy in these playoffs before I kind of make that jump to where like, okay, he's like, uh, he deserves to be in this like quote unquote top 10 guy uh, discussion. Um, but he's obviously had an incredible season, um, 23 and a half, seven rebounds, 40% from three. He's had a great year. So we are we were in agreement for the most part on second team. So let's move to third team. I have Tatum there. And then, uh, I felt like Siakam had to be there. I have him as my other forward. And then the other guy who I felt like was a lock was I have Chris Middleton as one of my guards, um, shooting almost 40, 50, 90 for the year. 42 from three, 49.9 from the field, and 91 from the line. 21 points, six rebounds. Um, kind of carried the team a lot when Giannis was out and and was part of the reason Giannis was able to rest so many fourth quarters, and only play 31 minutes because Middleton did act as a number one option a lot of the time and, and kind of made it so that the Bucks regular season was as successful as it was. Um, so I have those three guys. And then my other guard, I had Russell Westbrook who really picked it up the last couple weeks. Um, and his statistical numbers outside of his three point percentage, uh, incredible 27 and a half points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Um, so I have that four and then third team center was tough for me. I, I really wanted to put uh, Bam out of bio there. Um, but I wound up going with Embiid just because similar to I think my reasoning for Butler, just like he's already shown it. Um, and and they talk about this on on a lot of podcasts where I feel like the guy kind of has to fully take it uh, to earn that spot. And I don't think Bam has quite done that yet. I think he obviously could in these playoffs, but I went with Embiid 23 and a half points, almost 12 rebounds uh forty seven percent from the field, eighty one percent from the line. Uh really the only knock on him is health. Bam played twenty one more games than Embiid, which in a shortened season is a lot, um, to be fair to to Bam. So maybe maybe you guys want to give him the edge, maybe you have someone else. Uh Gavin, let's we'll start with you this time. Who do you have Ooh. on third team?
2: Delightful. Uh point guard uh, Russell Westbrook who's a yep. guy whose game I normally detest but I can't deny he's been awesome. And I was impressed that he he was willing, especially when, excuse me, Houston went to small ball. Um, to just sort of like really focus his game on the best parts of it, which people have been begging him to do for years, but stop shooting as many threes, has only been taking like about two per game post-All-Star break, really, really getting to the rim. And I just think the amount of force he plays with like makes it plausible for them to have that small ball style because he he almost functions as a post-up threat in, in the sense that he does all of his scoring around the basket and can really punish a defense like if they decide to go small to counter you He'll just say, all right, if you don't have a rim protector in there, I'm, I'm getting to the basket every time and going to score with a whole lot of efficiency. So he's he's kind of made me a believer, like late in his career, finally playing in kind of a perfect situation for his strengths uh, at the two. Maybe a little bit of a homer pick that I'm sure uh, Josh didn't have, but uh, my guy, Devin Booker, I think I, I took over Chris Middleton. I, I think he's been spectacular this year and, and underrated just because the rest of that Suns team isn't very good, but 26 points per game, uh, over six and a half assists per night, which I don't think most people realize. Like he's he's been one of the better passers in the league. Four rebounds on 49% shooting, 36% from the field, and 92% at the charity stripe. And, and I think we're finally like for years, like people have sort of Knocked his efficiency and said he has this reputation as this incredible shooter, but he doesn't really show it. I think we're seeing it now that he doesn't have to shoulder the on-ball responsibilities with Ricky Rubio there. And that's kind of freedom to sort of be the gunner and the attacker that he is at his core. And I think he's just done a great job of that. And he's been, I like, I like, look like, I don't take any issue, Marcus, with you throwing Middleton on there. Because he's obviously been a contributor on, on far and away the best team in basketball. Throughout the year, but I just think Booker's been better offensively with with so much more responsibility. So that's why I went with Booker. Small forward again, uh, sort of someone in that mold, but Bradley Beal, because he's just been great the second half of this year. I think now up to 30 points per game. And it's so rare you see a guy average 30 and not make an all NBA team. I don't know if it's ever happened throughout league history, and I know. There are nights where he's totally absent-minded defensively, doesn't really give a shit on that end of the floor, but just so, so good offensively, especially, like, after that alleged all-star snub that his—I can't—was it his wife, his girlfriend, who got so upset that? Yeah, West. sure. West. Um, yeah, Um He's been amazing since that, so I wanted to reward him. I, I, I take no issue with putting in there. I'm fine with either of those guys. And then power forward center, uh, Siakam and, and Bam, just for kind of the point that you were making against yourself, Marcus. He's played so <laughs> many more games than Embiid. And, and also, like, in terms of guys who've defined the season, like, and, like when I think about Embiid, I just kind of get depressed. And that whole situation in Philly's bad. And Embiid's made this whole effort this year to stop trash-talking as much. And has been just a little bit less fun. Like, obviously, like in a one-game setting, I'd always take Embiid over Adebayo. But Adebayo, conversely, has played so hard, has been such a revelation as a passer running that Miami offense filled with weird parts and and being, at at times, the de facto point guard for the team, while also being such a consistent force guarding the basket on the other end. I just think he's a unique player who's had an awesome season. So I wanted to reward him for that in this hypothetical All-NBA team. (laughs) Give him the third-team center spot. All right, Josh.
1: yeah, I think third team NBA is where people really like to go a little bit crazy. Um, and I do really <laughs> wrapped Raptor on my list. It's not Pascal Siakam; it's Kyle Lowry at the point guard spot. Whoa! He's, wow. I just He's he had such a great year to me. Like the for him to like everything he does defensively, and for him to really <clears throat> understand that he needs to shoulder more of a load offensively, um, increase his usage and also increase his efficiency has been awesome. Like for to see, and he's averaging twenty points a game right now. Eight assists. I mean, it's kind of him around like a ragtag group of misfits because no offense to Pascal Siakam, but two years ago, he was just a bit player out of New Mexico State, which no, no one really knew. Um, so he's obviously had a tremendous rise and someone that's definitely deserving of being a perennial all star player, but I'm not ready to put him at my all NBA spot. I just think what Lowry has done this year is is very deserving of it. I have Beal also as my second guard, Gavin echoing your point there, um, obviously playing for a terrible team, but uh, really no fault of his own. And what he's been able to do offensively has been tremendous forwards, Middleton and then Sabonis uh, just went a little wild here. I think his ability to um, get them into their offense, five assists per game also um, really is restructured his game in a way that it's a bit more compatible with Miles Turner, a guy who's more comfortable playing outside and Sabonis is able to beast people inside maybe I'm a little bit biased because of what he does against the Nets Um, but I went with him and then bam as my third team center
0: I like it Josh the only guy who I I'm surprised we didn't mention is after we we talked to him a lot for for most improved was Brandon Ingram who I think definitely has a case for one of these spots Um, him a guy like Trey Young who Gavin briefly mentioned uh, if we're just Mm -hmm. talking about guys who put up good stats on like a team that hasn't done anything um, Trey is definitely in that conversation um gobert in years past would have been this conversation but i think he's fallen off a little bit defensively this year uh and then Kemba walker donovan mitchell just other guys who are probably like on the periphery of this discussion but but uh i'm gonna mention a little bit also gavin what were you gonna say
2: oh i i totally forgot i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh was i gonna say something oh no maybe I was just, something about trey young i don't know yeah oh yeah i think um trey got some consideration he's just such a disaster defensively that yeah. uh I, don't, I couldn't quite, like, I think he's, like, maybe a year away and, like, having a slightly better team around him. And it's going to be a weird thing next year where, like, I just can't imagine he's a much better defender. But if they if they get some more bets this year or someone like Cam Reddish makes a jump, they could be a much better team. And he, he could sort of make it by default. And I don't know. I feel like, because, like, can we say, like, objectively, like, I think he's a better offensive player than Russell Westbrook is. And, like, it's not that close. And, like, defensively, yeah. like, Russ... Russ isn't great either. So I wonder if we're just rewarding Russ for like having better teammates and being on a much better team, but also like Russ just plays with like enough force that like you can't like take advantage of him on defense. And that like, not that I put that much consideration into it, but that's sort of why I had him there. It was kind of the same thing with Ingram where nominally, like he's, he's like maybe even a slightly better defender than guys like Booker and Beal who are, who are better than young, but still sort of disasters on defense. But I I just think a notch below Booker as a creator and Beal as a scorer. And his team wasn't good enough to like justify me putting him in there over those other two guys. but I, I think he should I think he should certainly be in that conversation.
0: yeah with with Westbrook defensively, I think part of the reason he doesn't get attacked as much is because of his reputation as a guy who's like always flying around like high energy guy. Like Josh, you and I have talked uh, sometimes about how certain guys, their three point percentage doesn't really match up to their reputation. Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's like all about respect out on the court and I think people just don't really respect respect Trey Young defensively it's the same with Steph Curry where like Steph's solid defensively but people think he's bad so they attack him more and more so he has more opportunity to kind of like mess up defensively whereas Westbrook I think because he like looks so jacked and like is always so intense I think guys maybe don't challenge him as much defensively and so maybe his his defense looks a little bit better because of that yeah, no,
1: I think it's a good point. I I mean, yeah, guys don't really go at, at Westbrook as much. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I, cons- I consider guys like Trey Young and, and Booker. I don't know. I just ultimately felt like Booker had a great season, but didn't do en- enough for me to warrant all NBA consideration, like, seriously. And then Trey, I think, will be on it at some point over the next year or two. But um, offensively, obviously, he's tremendous, but he took away enough on, on the defensive side. And a lot of that comes down to him having poor teammates Uh, in Atlanta that can't cover for him. But I just think he didn't, like, he wowed me offensively, but overall his portfolio makes it so he can't get all NBA consideration over a guy like Beal or um, Kyle Lowry.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, And then, yeah, the only non-playoff guy I had on the team was Lillard uh, on second team. Um, But I, I definitely see the case, especially I think Ingram is probably the guy who I would say I felt most bad about leaving off i guess bam too probably bam number
2: one i think you'll live to regret that one marcus <laughs>
0: <laughs> time will tell uh hopefully time will tell uh because hopefully nba basketball is back at some point and hopefully <laughs> uh there there's more stuff to talk about that would be that'd be great um gavin any last thoughts on these awards anything that you feel like we left out
2: uh, no, nothing, nothing awards-wise. I, I just want to encourage people to uh, check out our other podcast, Social Distancing, uh, with me and Marcus, and uh, our newest episode will feature one Josh Bass. So if you're a fan of Locked on Nets and want to get to know us off the talking about the
0: court, that's the place to oh. do it. Oh, God. Off the talking about the court. I was
1: going to let you guys know that I don't know if I can I can do the social distancing pod, but uh, now that you just plugged it, Gavin—
2: yeah, that was. I, I figured you were going to be kind of tired after this one, so I needed to give you some incentive by uh, advertising something you haven't done yet.
1: Uh, okay. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, check out Gavin's podcast, Social Distancing, with Marcus. I'm sure – I promise you Gavin's much more likable on there than he is talking about basketball. Um, Why would please, you say that? I'm kidding. It's in chat. <laughs> you know I, uh, I you gotta, know I have
2: low self-esteem about talking about basketball. Uh,
1: Check out his podcast, Locked On Nick. He's doing some great stuff over there. Please subscribe to both of our podcasts on um, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get them. We will be there. Rate us, review us, tell us what you think, and follow us on Twitter. I am at bass underscore. Marcus is at Marcus Hall. Our podcast account is at LockedOnNets. Gavin, your Twitter handle is Gavin Shaw,
2: I believe. That's at Gavin Shaw, and I just wanted to say if uh, society falls apart and Internet stops working, uh, we're going to be in the Times Square area doing uh, live shows until we're eaten by a rabid pack of squirrels. <laughs>
1: Yes, you are. Okay. That's going to wrap up for this time on Lockdown Nets. Until next time, be well.
0: Bye. Wash your hands.